tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Self-sabotage is a common experience for many people that struggle with alcohol. And despite our best efforts to quit drinking, we might find ourselves continuing to drink even though we don't want to. And sometimes you might even have a drink without understanding why you did it. It can be frustrating and disheartening, but understanding the root cause of self-sabotage can help us break free from this destructive cycle. In this episode, we'll cover self-sabotage, perfectionism, and procrastination, and what you can do if this is a problem for you. So let's dig in.
Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and today we are talking about self-sabotage. Self-sabotage can come from a desire to cope with difficult emotions. When we encounter overwhelming emotions that we don't know how to deal with, we try to find ways to relieve that discomfort as quickly as possible, and we know that alcohol is a really easy one. Unfortunately, turning to alcohol as a coping mechanism makes the problem worse, even though we really believe that it helps. Alcohol is a depressant, which means that it slows down the central nervous system and can create feelings of relaxation and euphoria. And this is why many of us turn to alcohol when we feel stressed or anxious. But that initial relief that we get from drinking is only temporary. In reality, alcohol actually exacerbates negative emotions and makes the original feeling not just come back, but come back worse. And this creates a vicious cycle of negative emotions and self-sabotage that is really difficult to break free from. When we drink, we may feel like we're escaping or numbing our feelings, but we're really just delaying the inevitable. Eventually, we do have to confront our emotions. And if we've been relying on alcohol as a coping mechanism, we haven't developed the skills or tools that are required to deal with them. This can lead to a reliance on alcohol to deal with difficult emotions. And like I said, you're just delaying the inevitable. Just because you numb or temporarily escape doesn't mean the feeling or the problem disappeared. You're just putting it off for later. And there's only so long that you can do that before you have to face it. And the sooner you face it, the sooner you can move through it and move on with your life. I was a job hopper and every time things would start to get bad, I would immediately go find a new job. So because of this, I was frequently starting new jobs. And I had a ritual where each time I would get disgustingly drunk the night before my first day at a new job. And I told myself that I was doing this to celebrate, but really I was just self-sabotaging. If you've been listening to this podcast for a bit, then you may know that working in science beat down my self-esteem. So going to work with a horrible hangover on my first day made sure that I could not perform at my best. Looking back, I feel like it was protective and I was using alcohol to cope with the fear of believing that I was stupid or worrying that I would let people down. If I didn't do my best because of a hangover, then it wasn't 100% me. There's always this unknown like, what would have happened if I wasn't hungover? Maybe I could have done better. So I think this is also why some people struggle in sobriety, because we lost that excuse now. Everything we do and every way we react to things is 100% us. There are no excuses anymore. And that may sound scary, but it's freeing to be fully in control of your behavior and your reactions. You may also have deep beliefs or thought patterns that reinforce your drinking. Negative self-talk and feelings of unworthiness can cause us to believe that we don't deserve to be happy or sober, and this can make it difficult to break free from the cycle. 
And these thought patterns can manifest in many different ways, from feelings of unworthiness to a persistent belief that you are powerless to change your situation. And I think one common reason why we self-sabotage is because of low self-worth. When someone doesn't believe that they're deserving of good things, it can be difficult for them to make positive changes in their life. So this negative self-talk can reinforce feelings of hopelessness and despair and make it hard to find the motivation to take the necessary steps to stop drinking. I mentioned powerlessness before, and I think self-sabotage can also be driven by believing you are powerless. When you feel that you have no control over your life or your drinking, you're more likely to engage in behaviors that reinforce your beliefs. So for example, you might convince yourself that you are unable to resist the urge to drink or that you are incapable of coping with stress and anxiety without using alcohol. And if you believe this, then you're setting yourself up for failure because you are going to prove yourself right. You can't just decide to be confident in your ability to stay sober, though. It takes time and practice. But if you're consistently telling yourself that you won't be able to do it or you don't deserve good things, then you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy for yourself. Fear of change is another factor that goes into self-sabotage. Even if you recognize that your drinking is causing harm to your life, the thought of making such a significant change as getting sober can be overwhelming and scary. And this fear can lead us to subconsciously sabotage our efforts to stop drinking as a way of avoiding the discomfort and the uncertainty that comes with that change. So sometimes an unhappy but predictable life is okay because at least we know what to expect. If you're afraid of change, then that's really important to recognize so you can start working on that fear. I once met someone at a conference who purposefully didn't show up for the panel presentation that they were a part of because of fear of failure. They didn't tell the other people on the panel that they weren't going to show up. They just didn't show up. And if you don't show up, then you can't fail. So I understand why they did it. So I think this is why some people will self-sabotage by being late, missing deadlines, or flaking on commitments. And similarly, people will sabotage romantic relationships by cheating or running away because they're afraid of the other person hurting them or of not being lovable. All of these things are really important to learn about yourself. Awareness is always the first step to change. Self-medicating with food or alcohol are obvious ways that we self-sabotage, but some other examples of this behavior are procrastination and perfectionism. Being an all-or-nothing person can lead to self-sabotage too because you can't be perfect all the time. We get stuck in analysis paralysis by focusing on details that don't matter or focusing on how everything needs to be perfect before we can start. And this just sets you up to blow up your life with alcohol later because the stress is too much. Instead, make small changes and build on things over time. You'll see a lot of people do this with quitting drinking. They quit drinking for two days and now all of a sudden they're gluten-free, sugar-free, they're starting keto, they're going to work out five days a week, everything's going to be amazing. But how about you just not drink and start there? And once you're comfortable with not drinking, you can add another thing. 
being a perfectionist puts unrealistic standards and expectations on us, and it makes us constantly worry about making mistakes, letting other people down, or not doing enough. A 2019 study published in the Journal of Research in Personality found that non-display of imperfection or trying to avoid showing other people your imperfections predicted negative consequences from alcohol use. So specifically, what they found is that perfectionism led to more negative emotions, which then drove the participants to drink to cope with those negative emotions. There are many studies that have linked coping and avoidance motives with alcohol use disorder. And if you want more information, we talked a lot about avoidance behavior in episode 94. A 2019 study published in Addictive Behavior Reports on Parents and Perfectionism found that parents who have perfectionist tendencies are more likely to experience depressive symptoms and self-medicate those symptoms with alcohol. And this is because parents with perfectionism tend to feel inadequate and that feeling is too overwhelming and then they drink alcohol to cope with that feeling. And this study and many others have found that this link was much stronger in mothers than in fathers. Self-sabotage is not a reflection of how weak you are or a lack of willpower. It's a really complex behavior that can be influenced by all sorts of factors like your upbringing, your life experiences, and the tools that you have for coping and managing emotions. So for example, if you witnessed a parent engage in negative self-talk throughout your childhood, then it's more likely that you will pick up on this behavior and do it yourself as an adult. If you self-sabotage, you don't have to do this forever. The first step is recognizing that you're doing it and how you're doing it. Like I recognize that the night before a big first day at a new job, I would get horribly drunk. I was eventually able to identify that pattern. So once you know what the behavior is that you'd like to change, you can work on improving it. One way to combat self-sabotage is to identify and challenge negative self-talk through reframing. Therapists that I've worked with in the past used to always try to get me to reframe and I was very resistant to it. So if you are too, you're not alone. They would ask if I had any proof of the negative beliefs that I had, but the problem was I believed those things so deeply that I felt like I didn't need proof. It was just factual. Or I would have proof of the negative belief, but I'd be too ashamed to say it out loud and talk about it. My therapist and I have talked a lot about my stupid belief that I picked up from working in the sciences. And it's hard because I don't want to talk about the proof that I feel that I have. So it's hard to make progress on the belief. So reframing is difficult when the thing that you're trying to reframe causes you a lot of pain to think about or when your self-esteem is really low. If you can try to find proof or reframe your negative thoughts, then work on that. But if your self-esteem is too low for that work right now, then just know that that's okay too and you will get there. Quitting drinking helps with negative self-talk because sobriety improves our self-esteem and our confidence. But if you're not there yet, there are a few things that you can try. I always recommend therapy, but something else you can do is to just try to become more aware of how often you're beating yourself up or discouraging yourself. The people that you surround yourself with have an impact on your thoughts too. 
And this happens a lot with women, but I used to hang out with women and each time we would get together, it'd be a complain fest. And when I got sober, I could see them like waiting to just unload the complaints when we were sitting down for lunch. If your friends just want to complain about their husbands, jobs, or kids, then that's impacting how you view your own spouse, job, and kids. Surrounding yourself with positive people who have goals and good coping skills of their own is important. I've always had trouble making friends my whole life because I was bullied in school. And because of that, I've always had the mentality that it's better to be alone than be with people you don't like. I lost a lot of friends when I got sober because we weren't living similar lives anymore. I wanted better things for myself. And I didn't feel like a lot of my friends wanted better things for themselves. And slowly we grew apart and we just didn't have much to talk about anymore. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that one person is bad and the other is good. Sometimes you just grow apart from people. And it took some time, but now I have a really nice real life sober friend And she was totally worth the wait. And I have so many amazing online sober friends too. If you find yourself continuing to self-sabotage, then I would ask yourself, why don't you deserve good things? And what are you afraid of? Like for me, I was afraid that I would let everyone down because I wasn't as smart or as capable as they thought I was when they hired me. So try to identify the feeling that is deep down below the sabotage. And it's hard because it's often really painful and we don't want to admit it to ourselves. And this is why I always recommend therapy. If you are a perfectionist, then you may also struggle with expecting sobriety to feel better right away. And it's going to take some time to both feel better and to break the behavioral and thought patterns that you had for all the years that you were drinking. Patience is also an important skill that we have to learn. If you expect things to get better right away, when they don't, it's easy to push the effort button and go back to drinking because, I mean, why bother? But this is the right path and it is worth the wait to have a good sober life. And if you need some support on your journey because you're trying to do it alone and it's hard, or you just want another tool for your toolkit, then come hang out with us in my Living a Sober Powered Life community. We would love to support you. And in the meantime, ask yourself, what are you afraid of when you're self-sabotaging? And I will talk to you next week. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope 
listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.